Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The St. Louis Cardinals have traded for relief pitcher Andrew Kittredge. What does this mean for the bullpen? Is it good enough entering the 2024 season? And are the Cardinals done making moves? And if they're done making moves, is it enough, what they've done, to get them into the playoffs in 2024? All of this and much, much more on this episode of the Believe in St. Louis Cardinals podcast. So the Cardinals have made a trade. They have traded for Andrew Kittredge. This was on Friday evening. They send outfielder Richie Palacios to Tampa Bay. And I don't know about you, but I don't really like trading with Tampa Bay after the Randy Arena deal. But hey, I don't think this deal is that. I think this is a really good move for the Cardinals to make. A lot of upside with Andrew Kittredge. If you look at his career in major league baseball he is 18 and 7 with a 3.65 era in 181 games a lot that's that's a lot of sample size he's been pitching since 2017 for the tampa bay rays and he's had a couple good years including a 2021 season where he made the all-star game now he had tommy john surgery and that derailed his 2022 and 2023 seasons But he pitched well when he came back, which is what made the Cardinals confident enough to go out and acquire him and make him a pivotal piece of this bullpen, as we'll discuss some of John Mozeliak's comments later on. In 2023, he had a 3.09 ERA in 11 and two-thirds innings pitched. He struck out 10 batters in 11 and two-thirds innings. So the numbers there are really pretty encouraging to me. And Richie Palacios, while I I really liked him as a player, he was probably going to be a fourth or fifth outfielder on this roster entering in the season. So the Cardinals felt like they had some depth there and they were willing to trade Palacios, who's coming off a pretty good uh, stretch where he played pretty well for the Cardinals and they trade him for Andrew Kittredge. I think it's a good move for the Cardinals. Judging from some of the comments that Mosellock has made after this deal, I'm starting to get the sense that the Cardinals are done making moves, and I'll tell you why. So this article written by John Denton covering the move, the trade for Andrew Kittrich, some of the comments made by Mosellock are pretty revealing. He says, and I quote, Obviously, we feel like we had some depth there from the outfield side, and to keep improving our pitching has been our number one goal this entire offseason. We really like how Kittrich finished the 2023 season. He was throwing the ball really well in September. We were really encouraged that his confidence of where he was was really high. And of course, he was on their postseason roster. So it shows that even the Rays believed in him. And to be fair, I, I think this, like I, like I said before, Kittrich seems like a really good player. And so far, if you keep track, if you kept track of what the Cardinals have done, they've added Sonny Gray, Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson to their starting rotation. And in the bullpen, they've added, they've lost Jordan Hicks, Chris Stratton, Henesis Cabrera, and they've replaced them with Ryan Fernandez, who is the Rule 5 draft pick, Riley O'Brien from the Mariners, Nick Robertson from the Red Sox, and now Andrew Kit- Andrew Kittrich from the Rays. And asked about the, when, when Mosellek was asked about his retooled bullpen, 
He said, we really like it, but there's still some time. We're not shutting any doors and we're looking to see if there are ways to still incrementally improve. So this tells me that the Cardinals are still looking to improve the bullpen, although they feel pretty good about where they are. So if they were to enter in the 2024 season with this as their bullpen, I think they would be just fine with that based on these quotes. So again, kind of ambivalent, kind of in between, like we'll we'll make moves if we feel like they're good moves to make, but we feel like we're in a really good spot. That's how I interpret that. Again, Mosellock went on to say, uh, we're just trying to add as much depth and talent as we can. Kittrich is someone who can give us some seventh and eighth inning leverage. So again, Mosellock is telling you that this is a guy that they're going to be depending on in the later innings that he's going to be in the mix with obviously Helsley's going to be the closer. Giovanni Gallegos is going to be in there. Jojo Romero is going to be in there and Kittrich is going to be in this mix for the later inning work. And again, I agree with a lot of what he's saying, like depth in the bullpen, I think is a really good route to go. Um, And, but, but what I found discouraging in these comments is at the very end of this story, they ask about the starting pitching um, and Mosellock's comments were, we have not been active on the starting pitching front. You never know what could happen. There could be something we weren't thinking about a week ago that we're suddenly thinking about tomorrow. And of course, this transitions into the crazy Dylan Cease rumors that were thrown out there by uh, Ken Rosenthal. He just mentioned that the Cardinals were a team that was checking in on Dylan Cease. And why wouldn't they be checking in on Dylan Cease? I mean, if the Cardinals are doing their job, they're doing their due diligence and checking in on some of these starting pitching pitchers throughout major league baseball. But as I predicted before the season started, I was hopeful that the Cardinals would have been shaken by this season. One of the most terrible seasons they've ever had into making an aggressive move, making a move that would put their pitching staff pitching rotation in the upper echelon of major league baseball. Right. So they go out and they get Sonny Gray, Kyle Gibson, and Lance Lynn. And to me, I kept saying, I've been very consistent on this show. I think if Sonny Gray, if you want him to be your 1A, you need a 1B. And so far, the Cardinals seem to be reliant on Miles Michaelis to be that guy. And I don't think Miles Michaelis is that guy anymore. I think he can be a fine pitcher, but at best, he's a number three, ideally a number four or number five on a playoff caliber rotation. So... The Cardinals seem to be done adding starting pitching. So you can put the Dylan Cease rumors to bed. It ain't, it, it isn't happening. They're probably not going to sign Jordan Montgomery. Leaving the, I think this leaves the door open for a minor move if the Cardinals were to maybe add another veteran before the season started or if there's an injury or something like that. But again, this is very frustrating to me because, the, again, you're coming off of one of the worst seasons that you've had you you're losing Adam Wainwright you traded Jack Flaherty and you traded Jordan Montgomery those are three vacancies in your starting rotation Miles Michaelis didn't pitch very well last year and Steven Matz has been hurt and unreliable you're going to rely on an unreliable pitcher a bounce back year from another pitcher a bounce back year from another pitcher a bounce back year from another like you're relying on too much bounce back you're too hopeful that these pitchers are going to be something that they may not be anymore and it could be disastrous once again you could see the bottom fall out of the 36 year old Lance Lynn we're hopeful that he can come back and pitch well in in St. Louis I think he's going to 
but we're not sure. Kyle Gibson is going to give you a lot of innings, but how quality of those innings are they going to be? I've heard pundits in the media say, oh, well, he's going to be a lot better in Bush Stadium. Like the Kyle Gibson move was actually a really good move, but I don't know. I think he's an average to slightly above average pitcher. And at 36 years old, you just never know when the bottom is going to fall out and when some, sometimes you just run into a wall. We'll see. I'm hopeful that those two guys can be really good. But man, are the Cardinals depending on them to be really good. You know, because Sonny Gray, I think, is going to be really good. And again, Sonny Gray is 34. I think Sonny Gray is solid. But depending on Miles Michaelis, depending on Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, and Steven Matz. Steven Matz, I believe, is the key piece in all of this. I don't know if he can depend on Steven Matz to put together a half a season, let alone a full season as your number five in the rotation. We'll see. They do have some arms that can replace him if need be. Matthew Libertor is there. Zach Thompson is there. So they do have some options in, in the major leagues that are ready to go. I don't know how reliable those options are going to be, but the Cardinals seem to be content with what they have, which I think is what's frustrating to, to me. I think it's frustrating to a lot of people out there. So we'll see if it works out. We'll, we'll assess this roster in, in a little bit more detail later in the show, but this attitude of going out and bargain bin shopping for some of these starting pitching and it, it could work out. And, and it, this Kittredge move, I like, I think this is a fine move, but again, this isn't shopping for the best of the best. This is looking for the best deal that you possibly can. This is going to the discount store and looking to see if you can buy that, you know, antique that's worth thousands of dollars. That's what the Cardinals are going to try to do. They, they try to squeeze as much value out of what they out of their transactions as they possibly can and i respect them for it but sometimes you need to push your chips into the middle of the table and go out and get a starting pitcher and go out and get an elite arm in the bullpen sometimes you just need to push your chips in the middle of the table if you claim to be this perennial playoff team like you can't have your cake and eat it too like you can't try to compete with the big boys with Atlanta, with New York, with the Dodgers. You can't say that you're going to do that and try to sneak by and play this middle of the road. We're not a small market team, but we're not a big market team. You can spend wisely and fill holes as you, as you need to do. And honestly, the, the biggest problem here is the Cardinal just didn't do a really good job at developing starting pitching, which we've talked about a hundred times on this show, but all of this leads into a conversation if the Cardinals are done, is this roster good enough to get them to where they need to go? Because I really believe if the Cardinals start out the way that they started out last year, or even if they're a 500 team, if they miss the playoffs, I think the fan base is going to be irate. I really do. I think I'm going to be frustrated. I'm already frustrated, but I'm going to be frustrated if we watch this 500 team uh if, if they're a 500 hundred team or below, and if they're number three or number four in the central again, because I think that's a reality. I think the Cubs aren't done. I think what the Reds have been doing is I think the Reds have made some really good moves. The Brewers, even though they've lost counsel, I think their roster is still pretty solid. So we'll see how the Cardinals match up against those teams. But for now, let's just focus on how good are the Cardinals going to be in 2024. And the MLB power rankings came out. So again, we're going to get a source that's not me first. Will Leach, who does a really good podcast with Bernie Nicholas called Seeing Red. 
wrote this article on January 1st, and I've seen a, some other content creators comment on this. Uh, so he ranked all of the teams in Major League Baseball at the start of the, the new year. So he calls this power rankings, who's on top to begin 2024. And you'll be excited to know that it's obviously not the Cardinals. It's the Atlanta Braves that he has at number one. The Dodgers are number two. The Rangers are number three. The Orioles are number four. And the Phillies are number five. So that's the top five. And rounding out the top 10, the Astros, the Rays, the Yankees, the D-backs, the Blue Jays. And then we get to 11 and the Mariners and the Mets at our 11-12. The Cubs are at 13. And the Cubs, looking at their pitching staff, they have some major holes that they need to fill there. At least it looks like they only have four starting pitchers that I see on their depth chart. They could have some guys in the minor leagues. But he has them at number 13 right now. The Brewers are at number 14. The Reds are at number 15. Padres, Twins, and then the Cardinals are at number 18. And I looked at this when I first looked at it. I thought, man, I'm, I'm kind of down on the Cardinals, but that's kind of harsh. And then I thought about it some more. And I thought about all the question marks that are still in the starting pitching rotation. You know, we're counting on a bounce back year from Lynn. You know, we're counting on a 36-year-old Gibson. We're hoping that Sonny Gray can replicate his 2023 at 34 years old. All of those are big question marks. We're, we're relying on Steven Matz to stay healthy for an entire season. Uh, we're trying to replace Jordan Hicks, uh, Chris Stratton, who is pretty solid in the bullpen with some guys with, you know, we got Kittrich who I think is going to be solid, but some of the other guys are unknowns in the bullpen as well. And when you look at this roster, um, starting with the bullpen, Helsley, Gallegos, Jojo Romero, Kittrich, Palante, Zach Thompson, John King, Ryan Fernandez, that's who Fangraphs has projected to be in our bullpen. And again, it's early, that could change. I'd say that's an average to slightly above average bullpen. I like Ryan Helsley when he's healthy. He's a really good closer, maybe one of the most talented closers in all of baseball. Gallegos had a down year. That was very discouraging. Jojo Romero did some really nice things last year, but I think at best, you know, you probably prefer him to be a middle reliever. Kittrich, again, he's probably going to be that in that setup role. But then you have a, a lot of middle relief middle relief type guys like Palante and Thompson and King and Fernandez. And is, is Matthew Libertor going to be in that mix too? Somebody like that. I'd say this bullpen may, I I'd say it ranks inside the top 15, but maybe it's 10, 11, 12. I think this is a slightly above average bullpen. If Ryan Helsley can stay healthy, if, if he can stay healthy and he can be a guy that gets you 30, 40 saves, maybe that ranking goes up a little bit. And then we've talked about the starting pitching rotation. I think our starting pitching rotation is average at best. I think you're counting on a lot from 36-year-old, 35-year-old pitchers. Steven Matz is not reliable. I think out of all the pitchers in our starting rotation that I trust the most, it's Sonny Gray. So we'll see. I think it's an average pitching rotation. The one thing that is that you look at, and it could make sense, is that the Cardinals' offense could be just one of the best in baseball could be a top five unit in baseball. Brendan Donovan will be back. Paul Goldschmidt could return to his MVP form at 36 years old. It's unlikely, but I think he's going to be solid. He's I trust Paul Goldschmidt to make the right adjustments. He was tailing off towards the end of last year. I think he's going to be back and the old Paul Goldschmidt that we can rely on for about 25 to 30 home runs. 
90 to 100 RBIs. I can see that happening for him. Lars Newtbar, again, if we could get a full healthy season from Lars Newtbar, that would be amazing. Nolan, Nolan Arenado, I have no questions about him. Wilson Contreras was hitting really well last year. Nolan Gorman, Jordan Walker, Tommy Edmond. And then we slated to start at shortstop currently is Mason Wynn. And it's a question mark what we're going to get from Mason Wynn offensively. But anything we get from him offensively, I think, is a bonus because of the way he plays defense. So the Cardinals, I think, can be a top 10 offensive team, maybe even a top five offensive team with Goldschmidt, Arenado, Contreras, Gorman, Newt Bar, Don. I mean, there's just so many bats. It's just hard to find a hole in here. Tommy Edmond, Jordan Walker. It, that's really good. And and their bench, I think, can be really good as well. I, you know, a, Ivan Herrera is going to be a nice, solid backup catcher. Alec Burles, and you have Dylan Carlson on the bench. If he's a bench player, I think that's, you know, I think that's pretty solid. And they have Jared Young, who they claimed off of waivers from the Chicago Cubs, uh, listed here on their bench, according to fan graphs. So when you look at the totality of that, uh, and one thing I'm not mentioning is that, the, and, and somebody mentioned it in the comments, is that we're depending also on their defense bouncing back from the abysmal year that they had last year. And I think I think the, the defense is going to be better because I think they're going to have more solidified positions because the outfield was kind of a mess last year and that they've traded away Tyler O'Neill and they've traded away Richie Palacios now. So I think Tommy, we're going to have solidified roles. Newt Barr is probably going to be in left. Tommy Edmonds going to be in center. You know, Jordan Walker is going to be in right field. Brendan Donovan is probably going to play second base most of the time. Uh, Mason Wynn's going to play short. We know who's going to play at the corner positions in the outfield. We know who's going to catch. And Nolan Gorman's probably going to be the DH more times than not. So having those solidified roles, I think, is going to help. That was a criticism I had last year. I think that's going to help the defense. Base running, same story. I think that can improve. I don't, it can't get much worse than it got last year. So these little things are the things that the Cardinals really need to focus on to get better in 2024. However, you add it all up, I'm not so sure that they're better than the Reds. I'm not so sure that they're better than the Brewers. It's very close. The Cubs, I think, are going to make more moves. The Cubs are the biggest wild card in the situation because the Cubs could do the, the range of outcomes with the Cubs is the Cubs could go all the way from doing nothing. Like the Cubs really, that's an option. Like the Cubs might just do nothing, or the Cubs could, you know, sign Jordan Montgomery sign Reese Hoskins, bring back Cody Bellinger, trade for Dylan Cease because they're the number one prospect. They have the number one prospect pool in baseball, according to fan graphs. And then all of a sudden you go, well, shoot, the Cubs are clearly the best team in the NL Central. The Cubs have that kind of arsenal to make those kinds of moves. However, what's scary about the Cubs, if you're a Cardinals fan, and I, I'm, I swear I'm not going to talk about the Cubs too, too much longer on this show, because this is a Cardinals show. But what's scary about the Cubs for, for a Cardinals fan is they have all those moves and they're in a major market. And the owner has shown in the past that he's not afraid to push the chips into the middle of the table if he believes that they have a World Series contender on their hands. We saw what happened when Theo Epstein was there and they pushed the chips in for John Lester. They made a trade for Quintana. That didn't quite work out, but they were willing to make aggressive moves to win a World Series, which is the exact same thing that I'm very frustrated with the Cardinals not doing. If you think this is your window, 
you can't just play middle of the road bait like moves you cannot do that you you have to make some major moves that are going to put you over the top because you're going to be up against the Braves against the Dodgers against against the Cubs potentially some against the Diamondbacks the Diamondbacks have a have a bright future I think so you're going to have to make some moves to get to the point where you're you can be competitive in a long series with these teams otherwise what's the point of keeping Paul Goldschmidt what's the point of keeping Nolan Arnado we're we're here to try to win a world series I think I think but too many times it appears as though the Cardinals are okay just squeaking in the playoffs winning the NL Central you know getting their 85 88 games if we win 88 games then we're going to be just fine and we're going to make the playoffs and who knows once you get into the playoffs anything can happen and to a certain extent that's true but you should be doing everything in your power, especially if you think this is a win now team, the Cardinals never rebuild, yada, yada, yada. This could be a year, and I'm warning, I, I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer, but this year, if the Cardinals are done sh- making moves, I think this is an average baseball team. I do. I don't think, I think this is a 75 to 80 win baseball team. I don't know if they've done enough. I don't know if you can rely on Ryan Helsley to be healthy. I don't know if you can rely on Steven Matz to be healthy. I don't know if you can rely on Lance Lynn to bounce back at 36 years old. Kyle Gibson, is he going to be solid or is he going to give up four to five runs a game? I don't know. Like, there's a there's a lot of question marks. And entering in this offseason, I really thought, oh, the Cardinals, you know, they should bring back Jordan Montgomery, sign Sonny Gray. You know, maybe they get Yamamoto. That was a pipe dream. But I, I thought, you know, if his market – doesn't get out of control maybe the cardinals would be in on him maybe they'd be in on some of these other japanese pitchers and and so far they've done a nice job at plugging holes but that's all they've done they've done a nice job at plugging holes but now's the time to put that starting rotation over the top and they could still do it they could still go out there and get jordan montgomery they could trade for dylan sees but i don't think it's happening I really don't. And I, I don't know to what extent that this Bally's deal is affecting how much they're spending. If you if you want to watch that episode or listen to that episode, I did a whole deep dive into the Cardinals financials. And it's kind of discouraging when you look at that, like they were spending about the same amount of money five years ago as they did last season. So that, to me, that doesn't make any sense, especially with inflation and blah, blah, blah. So I I, I wish I could tell you that I believed that the Cardinals were a playoff team entering 2024. But sadly, the NL Central is much, much more competitive than it was, you know, back in the Cardinals' heyday, back in the early 2000s. And, you know, in 2006, 2011, when they won those World Series. So it's it's more competitive. Teams are showing you, like the Reds are making moves. Uh, the I think the Brewers are still a really talented team. The, the Cubs, I think, are going to be on the lookout for making moves. I think the Cubs are going to be doing a lot. I, they're, they're, I think they're waiting for their opportunity to make moves. And also the Cubs could also not do anything. So the Cubs are the wild card in this situation. But I wish I, I wish I could tell you in good conscience that the Cardinals are a playoff team, but I don't think they are. I think the Cardinals are about a 500 baseball team. I'll, I'll go ahead and say that if this is it, if this is all they do, I think they're an 80 and 82 baseball team, 81, 81, 78 and, you know, 78 and 84, if I can do math off the top of my head. 
I think that's the range you're looking. I I, I really do. And I, I it, it saddens me to say that, but I just don't think the Cardinals have done enough to put them over the top in what's now a relatively competitive NL Central with the Reds being okay and the Brewers are going to be okay and the Cubs are, are going to be uh, good to okay, depending on what they do. So, But I want to hear what you think. Let me know what you think. Are the Cardinals a playoff team? If this is all they do, if they're done making moves, are the Cardinals going to make the playoffs in 2024? In, is that going to happen? Let me know in the comments. I want to know. Don't forget to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to the program. Until next time, go Cardinals. I, I'm hoping for the best. I'm hoping that the Cardinals go out and make the right moves, but we'll see. Maybe they're done, maybe not but we'll be covering it for you along the way. So thank you so much for listening. And until next time, go Cardinals and bye-bye everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.